your dinner plates ready because it's time for the feed. Starting now in three, two, one. Hey, hey there, I'm Connor, this week's host of The Feed. This week's theme is going to be hobbies. Now, with this whole quarantine COVID-19 thing going on the past few months, we've all had a lot of time to ourselves, and therefore a lot of time to start picking up some new hobbies. We've got things from listening to new podcasts, picking up some new art forms, starting a collection of your own, or learning a new musical instrument. So, without further ado, let's dive right in, shall we? Hey, uh, what's the feed in French? Ah, le fleur. Hmm, maybe we'll stick with the feed. Some may consider quilting to be an old-fashioned hobby, but it is still popular among those with a passion for crafting traditional items with their hands. Jason recently had the opportunity to talk to one of Edmonton's local quilters. When it comes to quilting, it's not something that you can finish right away. Sometimes it can take longer than expected. It's something that you can work on for a little while, put it away, and come back to it when you have time. Cheryl Corneliuson, a local Edmonton quilter, says that there is no real timetable when it comes to quilting, especially designing and crafting a quilt. It really depends on what you're doing. There's some that that take months um, because they're so intricate and stuff, and I mean, really, you can't sit eight hours and, and work on one. Corneliuson says that the hobby can be self-taught, even if you don't have any prior knowledge when it comes to things like sewing and crafting. She then goes on to give some advice to those who might be wanting to take up the hobby themselves. Um, definitely don't buy a quilting book and see how perfect it is and, and feel that you've failed. Um, I always wanted our quilts to kind of look like those little grandma quilts that you find. They have little imperfections. It's not as uh, hard as uh, it looks. Quilting is a hobby done by joining at least three layers of fabric together. It can be done by hand stitching with a needle and thread. It can be done mechanically using any kind of sewing machine. Or it can be done by using a specialized long arm quilting system. That's it for quilting. I'm Jason for The Feed on NR92. Many hobbies have been picked up since quarantine, but what happened to good old do-it-yourself projects? Well, we've got Merrick here to talk about just that. From greenhouse building to crafting small birdhouses, do-it-yourself construction projects have been popping up all over. That leaves the question, though. Why are DIYs one of the most popular hobbies that people like to pick up? And what makes them so much more enticing than other hobbies? Tanya Lee, my mom and DIY construction hobbyist, says that she chose to do DIY constructions over other activities because her sons are at home and she can pick up other hobbies by herself later. With the construction, it's stuff that I needed help with. If I decided to play the fiddle again or a guitar or dance or whatever, it's all stuff I can do solo. But that wasn't the only reason she picked up DIY construction as a hobby. Tanya also says that it was a great way to bring her family closer together. It definitely helped to get everybody together because we were all participating in something together. And it felt good to be able to complete projects together. 
with tons of free blueprints online and the advantage of keeping your family together, it is no wonder that DIY construction is so high up on the tier list of hobbies for people to select from. I'm Merrick, for the feed on NR92. The tabletop hobby game of Warhammer has been widely popular since it burst forth from the UK back in the 80s. Scott is here to explain how the hobby of Warhammer has managed to stay popular, even during COVID-19. Warhammer at its core is a tabletop game involving fictional battles using tiny, or sometimes not so tiny, plastic models. The game is also a time-consuming but creatively fulfilling hobby. In order to field your army of miniature mighty warriors, you must first assemble and paint each individual model. The shutdown brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic allowed for more free time to invest in the hobby, and Sean Ford, the manager at Gamer's Den Hobby Shop, says Warhammer has never been more popular than it is now, even beating out the popular trading card game Magic the Gathering at local shops. Usually for most uh, gaming stores, uh, Magic is your uh, more popular thing, and that was also the case for us, but since COVID, uh, Magic's been quite the back burner, and Warhammer's been never more popular. The March lockdown resulted in many people looking to get started in the hobby, using their newfound spare time to prepare for when they could finally play the game with others. Ford says his store was a popular destination for those looking to enter the hobby during the initial quarantine period. During the time of like April, when everything was still in quarantine, there was a lot more calls being made asking to pick up start collecting boxes just so they can finally start getting into it. They're going to have a month or two of just building and painting just to get understanding of how that works and then also to learn the rules. Local shops like Gamers Den are now letting people play games of Warhammer at their tables once more allowing new hobbyists a chance to get some games in with their freshly painted armies for the first time. Provided they wear a mask and social distance, of course. This has been Scott for The Feed on NR92. Across the theme of hobbies, one overarching trait that many of them seem to have is the ability to be collectible. Here's Ryan explaining his own variant of a collectible hobby. this pandemic people have shown interest in different hobbies to look towards a different passion or finish up what they started a long time ago like doug boyvin a train car collector who is still in the market today and i think it's just because people have a lot of spare time on their hands right now so they're going back through their collections going well you know my collection's almost complete but i need this card or i need that card so they're willing to pay a bit more for it now Tipper two about how trading cards can be identified if autographed or authentic. There's a few different ways they do it. Sometimes you'll have a card that has an autograph on it, but what it is is the player has signed one card or they have a facsimile of his autograph and they literally stamp it onto all the cards. Doug explains how the trading card market changed within the past 20 to 30 years. It's changed a lot. In the early 90s, like up till early 90s, it was really good. And then in the early 90s, um, I think what happened is they, the NHL opened up more licenses. So you had more people, more different companies selling cards. Oh, 
obviously can have a person's perspective differently when you're younger or older? I think it's tended to be older people are getting more involved in it now. I think the emphasis has become more making money rather than, you know, just collecting. You know, there's still some people out there that collect cards just for their own sake. For the first few months of COVID, the entire world was locked up inside their homes. This, of course, had a major effect on the sports world, from professionals to small-town leagues and hobbyists. The issue being sports involved many more than just one or two players. One exception to this, however, is golf. Patrick is here to tell us more. Golf has a stigma for being a very exclusive sport. This is often because golf can be very expensive and extremely hard to learn. Most people will give it a try once or twice in their lifetime, but because of that, the sport has become more of a luxury than a way to relax with family or friends. But with golf being one of the only activities the public was allowed to do this summer because of COVID restrictions, it has become more mainstream. German Musa, manager at the Country Club Tour Golf Center, says there was a major increase in the amount of first-time golfers this year. Uh, in first-time golfers and in the number of rounds previous golfers were playing. People that golfed before were playing two to three times more, and we were seeing an increase in new golfers as well. The increase of golfers was great for courses. They went from being afraid they wouldn't be able to open up for the year to quickly filling up all of their available tee times. Great, right? Well, of course, for many, but not so great for their members. Like even this weekend, if you try to get a tee time in the Edmonton area, it is almost impossible. Like the tee sheets are just slammed. So the availability to actually golf was decreased a ton. People are having a real trouble getting a tee time nowadays. Overall, this year has been a great year for golf, with many getting the opportunity to get out and swing a club, whether for the first time Four. or more often than usual. It seems that golf courses are both excited and optimistic for the future of the sport, but at the same time they know that this year was different, and people may never get another chance to golf as much as they did this summer. The only concern I have is with people not working this year, they had more time to golf. So going forward, if those jobs come back and they're back to working and don't have as much time to golf, it might go the other way. That being said, people have got out and started taking up the sport, so hopefully that continues to increase the trend of people golfing. I'm Patrick for The Feed on NR92. How exactly does one do The Feed? This is how we do Many people are using their extra time during the pandemic to learn a musical instrument. Here's Savant to tell us about what it takes to learn the keyboard. When Wolfgang Mozart was 11 years old, he wrote his first true opera. When he was 15, he wrote that he was hearing whole operas in his head when he was at home. Do you hear operas in your head? Whether you do or don't doesn't actually matter because learning how to play the keyboard isn't reserved for musical savants. I talked to an eight student named Hannah about how she spent a few weeks during the pandemic trying to learn how to play the keyboard. Here she is explaining why she wanted to learn. I had a lot of free time over COVID and I've always wanted to learn an instrument so it seemed like the perfect opportunity. Hannah's certain she doesn't have operas playing in her head that are waiting to be written, but she enjoys the process and satisfaction of learning a song. Playing piano is taxing on your brain and it forces it to adapt and become more efficient which makes it an excellent hobby even for those of us that are less musically inclined. But learning an instrument isn't easy. It takes time and dedication. Here's a recording Hannah made during her first week of learning the keyboard. 
now here's Hannah playing a different song during her second week of training. expecting to get into Juilliard anytime soon, but her progress from one week to the next is a huge step forward. Here's Hannah on her method for learning the keyboard. Well, I'm not a professional piano player by any means, so I don't read sheet music, but I do follow YouTube video tutorials, and it's basically like Guitar Hero for piano. Learning about the keyboard and how a beginner might train themselves to tickle the ivory got me inspired. I tried the same method that Hannah uses, and after a day of practice, I was able to do this. I'm Savan for the feed on NR92. F-bombs. We hear them every day in the halls. It's easy to become comfortable in your school environment. Even easier to forget where in a public place. Not everyone appreciates hearing words like <laughs> and <laughs> The words <laughs> and are also frowned upon. Don't be an <laughs> Be aware and watch your mouth. This message has been brought to you by NR92.com. Campus Radio. I'm tired of always being around secondhand smoke. I feel like I'm going to call up a lung. <laughs> if that's the case, come check out Nate. Its smoke-free campus will make you feel like you're never drowning in secondhand smoke again. As of July 1st, all Nate campuses are now smoke-free. Wow! The campus is so much cleaner without all those dirty cigarette butts everywhere. And I can finally breathe. Your body and the environment will thank you for coming to Nate's smoke-free campus. Quit the stick. Enroll at Nate. NR92, the station for the students. Plays your music. NR92 plays all the hottest hits. We have the soundtrack to your student life. Your music, your attitude. With COVID-19, a lot of people have had a lot more time on their hands, and therefore more time to put into hobbies. Colin G is here to tell us on the rise in popularity in podcasts and what it takes to make one. COVID-19 has affected us in many different ways, including being forced to stay home and creating more free time to put towards hobbies. Local podcaster Chris Little says people are trying to find ways to reconnect during the pandemic, and podcasts are a great way to do so. Lockdown or self-isolation, just all the different things that take away from our ability to connect. People wanted to find ways, and so a lot of people had like the, the shared um, desire to find ways to just talk, and podcasts be one of them. Podcasts are on the rise, and with more time to put towards hobbies, more people are experimenting with them. Little says that podcasts are not difficult to create, and that as a podcaster himself, he's willing to help out others. I helped quite a few people start theirs by just kind of giving them advice 
like software and microphones and like anybody thinking about starting one honestly like you can just do it with your cell phone if you wanted to like it doesn't have to be complicated podcast can be a great hobby but getting started can often be challenging little host of the lifestyle chase says that putting yourselves out there no matter what you are being told is the first step don't worry about what the peanut gallery says or i should say don't worry about just like what the people who surround you say um better way to, to put it it's just like if, if your parents say i don't know if you should start a podcast but you want to start a podcast um then start a podcast and don't be looking for um validation like anticipate that when you first release episode one maybe it'll get two listens and then just repeat the process podcasts are a fun way to keep you busy but in today's world they help with being creative getting your voice out there and finding that human connection that we are missing during this pandemic I'm Colin G for the feed on NR92. Watching movies on the big screen has been a popular pastime since the 1800s. Nothing beats sitting with the people you love, tub of buttery popcorn in hand, and 3D glasses on. With the pandemic, however, the movie theater life isn't what it used to be. Amy's here to tell us about how the movie experience has changed. Since COVID-19 regulations have loosened, cinemas have opened back up across Alberta. But with the pandemic right outside the door and blockbuster movies being delayed, the classic moviegoer experience has drastically changed. Shadia M., the owner of Leduc Motasquin Cinemas, says that everyone coming to watch a movie will have to follow new safety guidelines. Every other row is blocked off, and as the guests are seated, there will be three seats which exceed the six-foot distance left between that group of guests and the next group of guests that arrive at the theater. Now that moviegoers will be safe, there's another question that rises. What will the viewers watch since most movies have had their release dates drastically postponed? The answer? Bring the classics back to the big screen. The Harry Potter series has been fantastic. It's done very well. Folks have loved it. And in when Back to the Future was the big hit there. It, it was great and folks did, did love seeing them. That was It's awesome to see some movies on the big screen that maybe haven't been seen on the big screen before. As for the new releases, a few movies are now starting to play in cinemas, including Christopher Nolan's Tenet, which surpassed $20 million worldwide in its opening weekend. Shadia says that other blockbuster movies are also on their way. Next month, Disney's Soul is still on the release calendar for November 20th. Also, No Time to Dive, James Bond, and as well, Wonder Woman. If your preferred hobby is watching movies at home with the family, theaters have adapted to hook you up with snacks. Our doors are open. Come to the theater. We're happy to serve your popcorn at the counter. If you feel uncomfortable coming into the facility, just give us a call. We'll be more than happy to get you set up with your corn and we'll take it out to you curbside. So if you're a movie buff, stay optimistic. Popcorn is still for sale, your favorite classics are back on the big screen, and that blockbuster you've been waiting for is right around the corner. I'm Amy for The Feed on NR92. When getting into hobbies, it's always a good idea to do a bit of research of what you're getting into before it's too late and you have a collection of problematic history. Here's Donovan explaining the rather interesting situation he's gotten himself into. We've been there. You just ran through your entire Netflix and Amazon Prime library and there is nothing to watch. When that happened to me in April, I turned to porn. Okay, I should explain. There was a time in the 1970s where porn movies like Deep Throat were shown in the same theaters as Willy Wonka. 
This was known as the golden age of porn. It became my hobby. Learning about the history of these movies, all the actors and actresses, ordering DVD copies as a conversation starter, it seemed like a neat part of history. Dr. Gerard Curtis from Memorial University is professor of visual culture and art history. He explains why these porn movies were so publicly accepted. The sexual revolution that was going on, it was also, I tend to think, a period of time when there was both oppression and kickback against it. You know, we were seeing that in the, the generation of youth who somehow viewed these as a sort of a, in a type of libertarian way. On the outset, it looks like a time to be celebrated. However, Dr. Curtis says that the name Golden Age of Porn is a bit of a misnomer. If you look at almost all the key actresses, the so-called Golden Age pornographic works, uh, Linda Lovelace, you know, that the you know, talks about the sexual abuse she suffered. It, where did the money go? Did it go to the actors? No, it didn't. It went into these you know limited producers' pockets and often to more shady dealings, right? So yeah, I tend to think we, we view it as the Golden Age, but the reality, looking back on it, was that it, it was hiding a lot of. Uh, so now here I am, with a collection of problematic history. Had I done a bit more research, I'd probably reconsider my hobby over the last few months. However, Dr. Curtis explains that most art, historically speaking, it's always had a bit of a seedy side. Very famous painting by Manet called Olympia. It says, you know what? Uh, there's no difference really between sex trade, prostitution, and what an artist does. I'm still probably putting these movies away for a while. I'm Donovan for The Feed on NR92. While some forms of art are meant to be heard and others are meant to be seen, this type of art gets its fame for being worn. Here's Noah explaining the divisive topic of permanence. Records, figures, dolls, very expensive plates, and or cups. When asked about collecting, these are the types of things that come to mind. But when it comes to Nora Cuthill, their collecting habits may be viewed as taboo by some. Tattoos. For the past five years, Nora Cuthill, 20, has adorned their body with works of art from both themselves and others, first wanting to pay homage to their favorite media, ranging from radio dramas to classic horror. The tattoo bug caught hold of Cuthill and inspired them to practice the art form themselves. Having pieces spanning the intricate tribute to radio drama King Falls AM, to getting a tattoo of a medieval clown dog riding a unicycle simply for the fact that it looked cool, Cuthill made sure that all the pieces were done in support of local Edmonton artists. The art of tattooing also has its edge in making a statement, as Cuthill makes sure to let people know that it's their body, their rules. Quoted as saying, if it doesn't make an old conservative white man mad, then what's the point? While having tattoos may be a no-go for some people and even some jobs, it's hard to deny the amount of passion one must have for something to make a statement so grandiose as a tattoo. I'm Noah for The Feed, right here, right now, on NR92. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be all the time we have for The Feed today. I want to take the time to thank you so much for listening in. When we come back next Friday, we're going to be coming in with a whole new theme, a whole new host, and a whole new show. But until then, my name has been Connor, this week's host for The Feed, and I will see you on the flip side. Ta-ta! Thanks for listening to The Feed. Listen again on NR92 Sunday night at 7.30 or anytime on NR92's SoundCloud. Initializing NR92's new music nooner for audio playback. Initialize complete.
Hey, it's Scott here with this week's New Music Nooner, featuring local Edmonton metal band Fall of Earth with their new single, Alchemy. This four-piece metal outfit have been together for a few years now, and they've already managed to headline their own show right here in Edmonton, and are now releasing their first original singles. So without further ado, here's their latest single release, Alchemy, right here on NR92. Sunday night at 7.30 or anytime on NR92's SoundCloud.